This is the Frog for Life podcast. I'm your host, Rob Berline. I I would say like some of the best moments were when we really, when we were starting our business senior year, um, just the support from like students and from our friends that we were getting during this time. I mean, we were so busy. We were in all these classes and then we'd come home and, and we would keep working on, on the business. That is the voice of Sophia Karbowski, who is one of the co-founders of Roland and Bolin. Sophia and her co-founder, Austin Petrie, joined the podcast to talk about how they found their restaurant, as well as the successes and learning experiences they've had in the last three years. And we have a very special treat for you today here on the TC Alumni Podcast. We are joined by the founders of Roland and Bolin, the health food that is sweeping Fort Worth and now the nation. Happy to be joined today by Austin Petrie and Sophia Karbowski. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having us. Yeah, Excited to be here. Us. So, of course, the first question we have to know, since we have two founders, is how did you guys meet? So, we actually met in one of our entrepreneurship classes at TCU our senior year. We were in a group project for something else, and we kind of just got to talking about our passion for for cooking and for healthy eating and how we've kind of combined that. And, um, yeah, just our similar uh, shared interests. That ironically, our, our project had talk. to do about health, yeah. wellness, and food. And so... We started talking. We're like, yeah, we're, we're both into those things. We're mm-hmm. like, well, what is missing? And we kind of started talking to our peers, and we're like, what's missing on campus? And everyone was talking about there's really not something that is genuinely healthy and very close to campus within a walking distance. And so we kind of took a step back, and we were like, well, what is yeah. really missing? What would do well on this campus? And we went through a few options and landed on acai bowls for a multitude of reasons. Majority of out-of-state students from California um, are, are yeah, are from California at TCU, and so they have acai bowls on every corner in California, and when we started the Sound Texas, no one in Texas was, or excuse me, in Fort Worth was focusing on acai bowls as a main staple on their menu. Yeah, we kept hearing our peers and students just like out of our, like in the library from far away or or people in our group saying like, I wish I could just leave my stuff here in the library and go get something quick and come back and I don't want a salad. And so, yeah, we kind of just started thinking like, what can we do to solve this problem? Because it's something we're interested in and there's definitely, there's definitely an issue here. So there's probably those of us in Texas, as you said, and those maybe from other parts around the world that had never heard of an acai Mm -hmm. bowl before rolling a bowl and came along. So for those that don't know, what is an acai bowl? Essentially, it's a thick smoothie. That's the, if you dumb it down, it is a thick smoothie, but we use frozen fruit and vegetables. And so we'll, for example, one of our recipes has mixed berries, pineapple, banana, and a splash of coconut water and acai, of course. And we'll blend that up. And it's not like a typical smoothie where you just blend it up and it'll blend on its own. But we have these special blenders that you have to physically use this tool to move the blend all around because it's not going to blend on its own because we pride ourselves on how thick we make these acai bowls. So you have the smoothie, you have the blender running, and then you're also physically moving around the product while it's blending. And the end result is in about a 16-ounce little bowl, we put granola on the bottom, then we put that blended smoothie blend, and then we put another layer of granola, and then on top we'll put fresh fruit like banana, strawberries, chia seeds and coconut and you eat it with the spoon as opposed to a straw like a smoothie so how long does it take to make one of these that sounds like a lot of work to do just to make one yeah it does we're definitely um in improving our our speed speed of service is definitely something that has kind of been an issue as we've grown but we're always finding better ways of doing it and i mean you can make one you can make three in one blender so you can 
crank them out in bulk but yeah it's hard with healthy food because not everything can be you want to make everything to order as much as you can and like it's frozen so it's time sensitive it's like ice cream consistency so you can't make it ahead of time and if you put it in the fridge it'll melt if you put it in the freezer it'll freeze solid because there's no additives that keep it soft um so we always are trying to find that that perfect spot between fresh and made to order and then also like getting them out quickly especially at tcu it's so 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 busy and so you found something that needed to come from tcu but to do that you had to be at tcu first so what Mm -hmm. brought each of you to tcu for me, my brother went to school here, and he graduated in 2011, and I'm from Dallas, so I was kind of well aware of TCU's existence before we won the Rose Bowl, and then I applied to, to be honest, I applied to every other school, and I didn't get in. TCU was the only one I got into, and I thought it was destiny <laughs> from that. there. Yeah, and um, I'm from Chicago. I just I wanted to get out of the Midwest. I wanted to go somewhere new. I had a couple of girlfriends um, who were older than me from high school. They both went to TCU. I visited. It was the first time I've ever been to Texas, and um, it came down to a few schools, but after visiting TCU, I was like, okay, well, if I get in here, then I definitely would love to do it. Good business school, warm weather, far from home, and so I was sold. Yeah. And so those are not—neither of those places are California where these acai bowls are are plentiful. Mm -hmm. How did you have to do research about what these things were and just to decide on those? I had been to visited my friend in California my sophomore year of college. She went to Chapman, um, and we there were acai bowls like Austin said earlier on every corner, um, and we were getting them all the time. Um, and everyone loved them, and it was just it's such a it, like it was such a good way to go get something to eat where we felt good about it and it tasted good and it kept us energized rather than just going to get like tacos at 12 p.m. and then kind of feeling groggy the rest of the day. Um, so I was just like Fort Worth really needs to up their game, and I was always searching for something like that after in Fort Worth, and they never had it. And I had a and, similar experience yeah, when I visited my it. friend at USC in California, and he was like, let's go get an acai bowl, and I was like, well, what is that? Yeah. And we went and I ate it, and I was like, this is awesome. This needs to come to Fort Worth. And we're huge foodies, so we, like, we've tested, I mean, we cook all the time, or, I mean, we did before then, too, so we knew we could figure it out and make it and make it taste good, and so we just put our heads together and made it happen. <laughs> And so once you actually start the business, you start it by running out of your house. Yeah. So how does it get from your house to now their storefront locations? Yeah, so we, I mean, second semester of our senior year, we kind of just started planning. Um, we had the, we got the idea for the food truck, so we started planning, making recipes. So we were, like, recipe testing from my house. Roommates and friends were our, were our guinea pigs for testing. We had, like, taste testing parties our friends took very seriously. It was really great. Um, and, well, real quick, let me jump in. We yeah. started getting random texts from yeah. students saying, like, hey, we want an acai bowl and we'll buy one. And we're like, we weren't really even charging at the time. And we were like, well, maybe we're on to something here because yeah. we don't know who these people are. And we had random people just coming in and out of Sophia's house. So we were like in a lot of our classes together. We'd be running back and forth between our classes to just make acai bowls for people, both to practice making them ourselves and kind of improve them and also to make some money for startup. And then, yeah, so we were we did recipe testing first in the whole semester. We were I was in 21 hours of class. Austin was in 18. We were kind of catching up on finishing our degrees and also starting this business. Um, so we, our schedules were pretty jam-packed. And then uh, after we graduated in July, we opened our food truck. And we opened that. We actually got invited. Um, there's a gym down the street from TCU called Pop's Gym. And they were looking for some food for their customers. And so we actually got invited to, like, open our food, to park our food truck in the lot and open every day. So we opened 
for a year, like a restaurant, basically, six hours a day. And it worked out great because the, the TCU students, it was really close. And that's where we wanted to be close to them to test the market to see um, what the demand was. And so the truck was really our proof of concept, and it definitely worked out. And then we'd come to TCU, and we'd do a yeah. couple of catering events. And there'd be a couple of food trucks there, you know, serving hot dogs or quesadillas. And there'd be a line down the block waiting for our food truck. Mm-hmm. And, and it was a surprise to us, but also a big surprise to TCU because they'd be like, what are y'all serving? What are these acai bowls? And as time went on, we did more catering events and we met with the TCU staff and Sodexo, they, staff, and, and well. Sodexo staff who does the food operations on campus. And they basically said, hey, we have this kind of failing concept in the TCU Recreation Center. Maybe y'all can come in and try and flip it. And so that's how we got our first spot. Mm-hmm. And it went really well the first year as we really tried to get, get student engagement. And then we started talking to other students around the country, and we heard a similar problem of not having something healthy, convenient, and, you know, right on campus. Yeah. yeah. And so then we tried our second university, which was at Tulane University in New Orleans. And that worked, and then we just keep copying and pasting that model. Yeah, like college students really, really just need healthy, accessible options, and it's nice also when they can use their meal plans or the cash that comes on their ID cards to pay for it because for the most part the only things that they can buy with that food come from like the big cafeteria or just retail spots on campus, coffee, burgers, tacos, like maybe not the healthiest items. Yeah, and one thing that, that we really pride ourselves on as well that kind of differentiates us from mm-hmm. just another acai bowl company coming in is that we really, again, try and emphasize that student engagement and the entrepreneurial aspect of it too. Like we hire students. We brought in other student startups. Like someone started a cold brew company. We brought in their product and we sold it to students, mm-hmm. which, I mean, it's kind of a high barrier of entry just to get your product out there. So we really try and help student startups, whether it's food-related or not. We're actively involved in in entrepreneurship courses and entrepreneurship groups all over the country. So that's something that that we really are happy about, and we really want to expand as we grow to other universities. And most of our employees are students, too. So it's like if you're a freshman and sophomore or maybe even older and don't have a car on campus, it's a nice way to, to make some cash. Yeah. And you talk about the entrepreneurial classes and that you guys were um, in that program. Mm-hmm. You're the perfect example of what the difference is between classroom theory and real world experience. What are some of the things that you felt you only learned by doing rather than what you mm-hmm. learned in a textbook? I am a huge <laughs> advocate of experiential learning. Yeah. Like there are just a plethora of things that you cannot learn in a classroom. Um, Not to say that classroom experience is not important because the connections that we got, and I Mm -hmm. think more in a classroom, it's just this way of thinking, like how the, why a business plan is important and kind of doing, going through that and writing a business plan and understanding why it's important. But then when you're actually in the real world writing it, it's, it's a completely different scenario. Yeah. I mean, what we've learned over the past three years, like we could have never learned any other way besides just having to do it. But I would say like the entrepreneurship program at TCU is just unreal and so great because those teachers, most of our professors have started businesses and have been through it all. So and a lot of it wasn't wasn't just basic textbook learning. It really was stuff that it really was stuff that we could think would could refer back to later once we were starting it. And our teachers were resources that we could come back to later because they were, I mean, they were pumped that some that some of their students were, were starting something or at least going for it. And 
So, yeah, it was a good community to be a part of, and we still are, and we still keep in touch with them. And a lot of these teachers have been entrepreneurs themselves, which is great because they, too, Mm -hmm. understand that experiential learning is the best way to learn. So we've had we had teachers who understood that we were, you know, trying to start this up. And they told us, basically, we can skip class and go work on our business. And obviously, we'd come back with deliverable, deliverables and things that, you know, prove that we just weren't playing hooky. But <laughs> Yeah, or one, one class, the same teacher, she, hand, she, she handed us some cash and she was like, okay, go home and make, make food for all the students and come back. Can you make it before the end of the class ends? So we ran to my house, like three blocks away, and made acai bowls for everyone and made it back in time. So they like they knew that we were really doing it and they wanted to push us to see if we could and it was cool. So how much advice um, did you seek out from specifically your TCU faculty and mm-hmm. how much did you say, hey, can you look at my business plan? How do I get started? Because, you know, a business from anything takes money mm-hmm. and, you know, students in college mm-hmm. don't typically have a lot of money. So, <laughs> you know, how does that stuff work? So as far as reaching out to people and asking for advice. I mean, we asked anyone and everyone from the staff at Sodexo, who again does the food operating on campus, to TCU staff who is kind of more involved with student affairs. To like restaurant owners all around Fort Worth seeing what, I mean, they're in it, they're part of it, they're in Fort Worth, they know the market no matter what kind of food you're selling. Um, So we met with them too, like brought them all samples, tried to see what everyone thought. Just really talking rather than hiding the business, like in being scared that maybe someone would steal it. I think talking about it is really, really huge because you never, ever know who might know something about it, who might know someone who knows something about it or who just has some cool advice. And yeah, that was I think that was one of our biggest, the biggest, the best things that we did senior year was just like really being open and talking to people about it. And as far as funding, luckily, I invested in some Bitcoin on the early days and at that time, when we were ready to buy a food truck, I cashed out the Bitcoin, and that did help finance a lot of it. But then also, we yeah. did a, a, we did a GoFundMe um, where we made a video and we sent out this GoFundMe to. Or his, no, it was yeah. Uh, it was Indiegogo. Yeah, Indiegogo, yeah. where it's a crowdfunding platform, and we sent that out to basically everyone we knew, and we we got some money that way. We had other people donate a lot of money, like the the owner of the gym. Um, yeah, was... to our crowdfunding. Yeah, we just, I mean, honestly, we really took it day by day. Like, I was not, Austin was always planning to start his own business. I was not, I did not know what I was going to do post-grad. Um, but yeah, we put together Austin's Bitcoin, mon- Bitcoin money. My, I had some savings and the crowdfunding from the Indiegogo. And we, I mean, we really just took it day by day. We were planning for six months, seven months, and yeah, being that's how scrappy. we did it. Yeah, you yeah, and being sc- very scrappy. You, you yeah, gotta be scrappy. We still are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't, and I hear this from you know billionaires, and they they swear by being scrappy, even if your company gets big, because that yeah. mentality is really trying to keep things tight and keep things within a budget and, and able to grow. And yeah, and to this day, we've never we don't have any investors. We've been operating off of positive cash flow, um, and so that's something we're. I mean, we're really honestly trying to stick that out for as long as possible because we've made it this far, and I think that we kind of know how to do that, how to continue doing that. And so was there a, an obstacle that maybe sticks in both of your minds as to you got to this point as you're building it and like, okay, this may be the obstacle that we don't know that we're going to be able to get over. This may be the one thing that holds us back between supply to, you know, all, you know, figure out how you're going to come up with cash flow for employees. What was that? Maybe that main obstacle that you think back that once we cleared that, I knew we were good. I- Honestly, there hasn't been one huge, huge thing that... There's been a, about 20,000... There's, there's been 20, yeah, <laughs> a million little things that come up, honestly, every single day. 
um, that we're like, oh my gosh, what the heck? Like, how yeah. are we going to get past this? But there hasn't, we've been pretty lucky in the sense there hasn't been one huge thing. I mean, yeah, the payroll, um, payroll's been been scary like a couple times but i mean we just don't pay ourselves for a while and that's but yeah, we've you, always you made payroll so yeah we just we have this motto that's uh commit now figure it out yeah. later <laughs> you, you you figure it out no matter what yeah. it is like there's going to be obstacles and and just as entrepreneurs i think we're optimistic in our thinking and so whenever a big obstacle may come about we can figure it out and we'll solve it and move on and learn from that and how many different locations do you guys have now? We have four right now. So our first at TCU, second at Tulane, third is at Loyola Chicago, and fourth is at University of Chicago um, in the Booth School of Business, which is a cool atmosphere. Um, and we're, I mean, right now we're in, we've got a pretty good amount of leads for fall openings, some in, maybe in Colorado, more in Texas. And so we're excited. I don't know if I should... Yeah, we we won't Mention say anything. Yeah, yeah, because nothing's for sure. Taboo, we don't like to but, say anything until it's for sure. But we, we we're talking to about six different universities, and we hope to have at least ten open by um, in, the, in the next year. Yeah, in the so, next year. Yeah. And so, how long does it take to from when either you reach out to university or, re, or university mm-hmm. reaches out to you? How long does that typically take from first call to opening day? It can really vary because we can talk to some universities and a lot of it is just timing because they might have a contract with another food operator, say a Chick-fil-A, and they might have their contract up until fall 2020. Yeah, because they're not going to build a new spot for a new vendor. They're going to put you in a spot they already had, like TCU did in the recreation center. So. Some, yeah, like Austin was saying, sometimes there's going contracts that we have to wait out or But then if not vice then. versa, there could be a university saying, Well, we have this open spot, how soon can you open? And yeah. we like we want you within, you know, open within the next month. And so that has happened and it, and it's it's crazy, <laughs> but we make it happen. Wow. Yeah, I mean that happened kind of with Loyola and I moved so I moved to Chicago like within a month of them committing and then a month later we opened up. So you just moved up there. You just mm-hmm. moved from Fort Worth to Chicago yeah. and just so you could open that business. Yeah, and then we got another store there, too, which was great. So, Two words with one Austin, <laughs> you live in Fort Worth, and Sophia, you live in Chicago right now? Yeah. Or? Mm-hmm. I live in Dallas. You live yeah. in Dallas. Yeah. So how does that work with you guys running the business just now you're not even in the same state? It really hasn't made a difference. I mean— I mean, we, we're trying just to, like, work from our computers as much as possible and really just crank things out and get things done. And so it hasn't been too much different than it was before. We're, yeah. we're talking 24-7 still. And we've we brought on more kind of salary oh, yeah. people to our team who are doing that kind of operational aspect so we can focus on growth. Right. That's and right. that has been a tremendous help, just help investing in people. I mean, that is something yeah. that I've definitely learned within the past year. Like, if you get good people, then we can do the things that we want to do, such as growing our brand. Yeah, like I'm able to come here and able to, yeah, go out of town and whatnot and keep working and on, like, on growth because of our GM at, at, uh, in Chicago, and we have a great one here too. So what would you say is your main day-to-day roles? Right now it's it's growing, So, yeah. but honestly every day is yeah. something different. Yeah. You wake up and you might be putting out 50 fires or it can be a pretty smooth day. But right now we're, we're constantly reaching out to universities. We're trying to improve our operations at our current locations. And we just released a bunch of new menu items as mm-hmm. well. 
Yeah, so it's different every day, honestly. I have friends and people who ask me, so what do you, like, what do you do every day? Like, where do you go? Like, do you go to your stores? I was like, honestly, like, I have my to-do list, but also, like, I always know in the back of my head if something comes up, something comes up and you have to figure it out. So your to-do list can get pushed back and you have to go to the stores or you have to figure something else out. And... Yeah, it's just, I mean, we just take it day by day, really. So when Tulane calls and says, we're out of this certain product, no, we don't again. know how we're going to open today. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what are you yeah. guys doing if you're not, so, you're like, hey, can I check a Southwest flight to get to New Orleans, or what are you doing? So Tulane is actually our one store out of the four that's run with, like, a licensing agreement. So even though it's not a franchise, but that's kind of what it looks like from an operational standpoint. So Sodexo, which is the food service mm-hmm. company, um, is running that store. So that's why neither of us live in New Orleans. Um, we don't hire the staff there we make a royalty off of that store so in august austin was there for a month setting everything up um and getting everything prepared and um and we provide support but from from where we are uh they have a pretty good staff there and i was actually just there um a few weeks ago just checking in and making sure everything was running smoothly and it is but yeah so that's not for tulane that's not necessarily like something that we have to control if they're running out of stuff and whatnot i hope they're not but uh (laughs) um but for the other stories yeah like if they run out of something and uh, like some our gm's not able to to grab it then yeah we have to go and but go, for go the, run to the store, but for the most part, yeah. it's... For the most part, that's why we have, like, the, the general managers yeah. or the operational managers in place at those locations that we are running. Yeah. So they can go... But last year at TCU, with it being yeah. our first our first storefront, I mean, it was just getting busier, and it still is every single day, so... That was it, sometimes it was frustrating when I'm like trying to work on we're trying to work on growth and whatnot. And like every couple hours, they're like, oh, my gosh, we're about to run out of this. We're about to run out of this. And so it kind of is distracting in the sense of like trying to grow. But also you have to you, you got to keep the stores that are there running, running great first. And when you're not uh, running the business, which I know, you know, with a startup <laughs> is 24 mm-hmm. seven. What do you guys do to unwind? Film some TikToks. uh <laughs> I I like to spend time with my family and my girlfriend, and really, I mean, I am always, whether it's on my computer, thinking of new business ideas, something like that, I'm kind of always turned on, and that's just how my mind works. Um, We both love trying new restaurants, going out to eat, trying new food. Um, I would say I I do yoga, and I I have a lot of—I'm from Chicago, so all my friends are— from high school are there and all together, so I've kind of just been doing fun things with them recently, and— because I just moved back, so it's been exciting. Yeah. Morning routine is really big for me. So waking up, working out, eating breakfast, smoothie every single day. <laughs> got to gotta do what I preach and, and make smoothies every day. So um, that keeps me sane. Do you ever get tired of your own acai bowls? Never. Really don't. I know. I mean, I don't make, I don't have a Vitamix Splendor at my house. I don't make the actual acai bowls that often. But then when I do go to the store and I'm like, you know what? I kind of feel like one today and I have one. I was like, wow, no wonder. <laughs> These are really good, honestly. Now, what else sometimes. can you guys cook besides oh. besides this? What, what was your specialty before you got into this realm? Tell them about college, how we used to cook. Yeah, so my little bit about myself, my dad is, his grand, my grandfather, his dad, came from France, and my dad was born in France. They were classically trained chefs. They had restaurants. And so I had it in my blood. And in college, I was living in a house with four and sometimes five other guys. And we would have Taco Tuesdays. We would cook. I would cook dinner every single night for them. And people would always come over, and we had these huge feasts and so i would cook fajitas salmon yeah um, he would just write, write in in to his fraternity group like i'm making this on this night who's in it's going to be like five ten dollars yeah. and they would all go over it 
to eat at his house, like family style. Yeah. And I just go to this, college. <laughs> I just go to the store after class and kind of look at what looks good. What was I'd on go sale? The, yeah, also what's on sale. <laughs> go through the the meat section and say, oh, that looks good. That we'll do something with that. So I never really had like an agenda or anything besides Taco Tuesday. That was religious. <laughs> Did you ever think about becoming a chef? Not really. <laughs> to be honest, I I always I saw my parents, you know, work through the restaurant industry and saw how brutal of an industry it is. And I told them I'll never get into the restaurant industry. And here I am today. Uh-huh. I know. Restaurant industry that never has a day off. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, so what do you guys do when you're on vacation and you want to, you know, yeah. just shut it down? I guess you can never completely shut down. Yeah, we never completely shut down. But if we are going to be, like, out of touch for a while, we'll tell our team. Our, I'll tell Austin and our two GMs, like, hi, I'm doing this. I'm not going to be av- available at these times, just so you guys know. And we trust them. I mean, that's why we have them. We trust them to figure it out. They know what they're doing. Although the beauty of our concept is that since we're on college campuses, we're right. also on school schedules. So we're closed for spring break. We're closed for winter break. Summer. Oftentimes, <laughs> we're closed for summer. So we're basically students, and we get those times off. I mean, Which obviously huge, not the yeah. whole time, but that'll also keep us sane. And we both love to travel, mm-hmm. so we definitely take advantage of those times. Yeah, we've realized so, uh, people in the food industry like kind of – kind of like try to work on college campuses if they can because of those breaks because that doesn't those breaks don't come with any other restaurant every other restaurant's open every day of the year maybe Mm -hmm. given two Mm -hmm. but we have some nice breaks that give us some time to catch up so when you think back on your your before you started the business and just your life as tcu students what would each of you say is your favorite tcu moment i mean like so so many good memories with my friends in our house junior and senior year but i i would say like some of the best moments were when we really, when we were starting our business senior year, um, just the support from like students and from our friends that we were getting during this time. I mean, we were so busy. We were in all these classes and then we'd come home and, and we would keep working on, a, on the business. Um, I'm trying to think of like one funny, like one special thing that happened. I can't remember like one situation. It was just so many little yeah. I mean, good moments. Football <laughs> games are definitely yeah. up there yeah. for sure. Football season's a lot of fun. And then I had a lot of classes that, again, I'm a big fan of experiential learning, that the oh, class assignment was go out there and start a business, and whoever makes the most money wins or gets an A. And the, like classes like that were mm-hmm. really thrilling for me, and just to be creative and, yeah. and go out there and do something. And I actually think something for me, too, was I was actually a marketing major to start off and messed up my schedule somehow when I studied abroad and realized like the only way I could graduate on time was to switch my major to entrepreneurial management which that's a whole longer story but and then once I got into those once I started those entrepreneurship classes senior year I was like wow this is like I can't believe this happened because like this is so perfect for me like I'm like there was the first time I was truly so interested in my classes and like excited to go and we always sat in the front and raising our hands all the time and that was the first time that ever happened to me really and I was like yeah, and I was like, wow, this is actually so great, and this is what it feels like to be in the right spot. Wow. Well, it right looks thing. like it was definitely meant to be for you two. Absolutely. <laughs> well, that is, uh, that again, that's Sophia in Austin, and make sure now you can go pretty much, what it sounds like within the next year, you can go anywhere in the country and get one of those acai <laughs> yeah, bowls. So, the goal. Again, rolling and bowling, check, check that out, and uh, we thank our friends for joining us today. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you so much. Go thank frogs. you. Go Frogs. Thank you to KTCU and co-manager Jeff Craig for their editing of this episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Frog for Life podcast. 
If you or a friend or family member would like to get in touch with us to share your story, please contact us on social media on Twitter and Instagram at TCU Alumni. We look forward to sharing our next story of how TCU alumni are changing the world.